0: Last week, we looked at the wonderful truth that Jesus gave his disciples in that he wanted us to know that he now, though we are his own, he calls us friends. And that is such an encouraging truth. But to make that a reality in our lives, a personal reality, he has done something very special. The Father... Fulfilled the promise when Christ finished his work. And we have now, if we're believers, indwelling in us the spirit of the living God. And so we actually have a genuine spiritual relationship possibility with the triune God, but in a very special way with this one who says, "'Ye are my friends.'" I have given you the information that only friends have. And so it's a very real matter. Now as you think of the Spirit of God, I can't help but think of something that I had the opportunity to be involved with a number of times when I lived in Colorado. I had a uh, my best friend during that time had a father that owned the largest ranch in that entire area. In fact, a huge reservoir was named after their family, the lemon reservoir. And uh, their ranch was huge. And so one of the things you'd you'd have after the calves were born was the branding time. Now, I go back before the acid uh, brand. I go back to the days of the actual heated iron uh, branding, the branding irons, heated until they were red hot. And, uh, and so it was my um, rather distasteful duty of having, uh, taking the back two legs, putting the one foot up against the one leg, holding, pulling on the other while somebody was holding the front, and I'm the closest one to what is going to happen this calf is bawling, you know, and his tongue's going all around in the dirt. I remember all of that, those eyes uh, going around. And you got Mama cow. I mean, she is one upset lady. I'm telling you, she is just yelling at us. And uh, But I re- I'll never forget, it just was one, one of the hardest things, that, that red hot thing. Psh, I'm sorry. I, know it's a, I just wanted to get your attention tonight. <laughs> but I tell you, it did the job. That calf was marked for life. And they survived. Got up, mama licked his wounds, and on they went, you know, and uh, uh, they were tough. But they were branded. Folks, I got good news for you. The Spirit of God is an eternal, eternal brand in our spirit. We are God's, He is the seal of our redemption. Jesus Christ made it possible through His finished work for the Father to send the Spirit. And I'm telling you, folks, you have eternal life because you have eternal life living in you. You're not just promised eternal life, you have eternal life. And you have the very life of of God Almighty. And so when the Lord Jesus talks about a relationship with him, he has given us the glorious privilege of having the Spirit of God bring us into unity with the Son and with the Father, as he says so wonderfully there in chapter 15 of John. And so when we talk about a relationship with the Lord, it's a real thing. Turn with me now to John 15. And I want to continue on from the passage that we looked at uh, in our last session together. I'll read those uh, verses again. And then we're going to move on to the end of the chapter. I just felt like it would be good to follow this up because we need to realize day by day, moment by moment, we can actually have a genuine realization of our relationship with our Savior. In fact, back in um, chapter 14, you have the, the wonderful teaching about the fact that the comforter would be the one to bring all of this into our remembrance. But if you look with me at verse 15 of chapter 15 Henceforth I call you not servants, bond slaves, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Man, we're in the inside company of the Trinity. Isn't that amazing? Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. We have this relationship with the Lord to where if we have his heart, we can go right to him, and we have this inside track to ask whatever we will in his name, and God will do it. And there's a, a thrill to see uh, the powerful Son of God answering our prayers through what uh, has been accomplished. Much could be said about that. But then, as you go into the next few verses, persecution. Because we know Him, um, we are going to um, be hated. Look at verse 18, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own, but because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Goes on to speak of the fact that there is going to be opposition, always has been, always will be. But my fr- uh, friends, we have a friend. And then after that is a given, uh, he comes back and gives the wonderful uh, teaching in verses 26 and 27 that truly is an, an encouragement to us that our friend will meet our needs. Verse 26, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. He will testify of me, The indwelling friend that brings us into a f- relationship with our friend Jesus Christ. Now, let's <clears throat> just look at this from a different standpoints. First of all, let's just do a, a review of the matter of the Spirit of God. We need to do this on a regular basis. We often think of the Father and what He does for us. <clears throat> our Father which art in heaven. We think of our Savior, and we marvel in all that He has done, and all that He has promised us. But oftentimes, we forget about the indwelling friend, the one who makes the Father and the Son real to us, manifests Him as John 14, excuse me, says. And so, I'd like to remind us, one of the things that I have found is that believers, excuse me, who are truly... um, seeing God work our believers who are very aware of the Spirit of God are very aware of the need for Him to bring us into that abiding relationship in where He uh, God is very personal and very real to us and I want to encourage you and I've said it often how much do you think about the Holy Spirit through the day how much are you communing with the Holy Spirit how much are you depending upon Him how much are you asking Him for wisdom listen it's real Every moment you become conscious of the indwelling Spirit of God and look to Him as you study the Word of God and the principles are there. And as you then walk through life, as you walk in the Spirit, you will see the overcoming of fleshly desires, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. These are realities, and you become conscious. I responded differently. That temptation, the Lord just took care of it. That wisdom, I spoke that word. It just is a glorious thing, and you are, there's that grateful reality, and then as you think of Jesus during those times, It's very personal. As you think of the Father, it's very real. Folks, we miss out on the treasure that Jesus paid so dearly for us to have, and he's right in us in the Holy Spirit. So let's do a quick little review on the Spirit of God. The promise of the Comforter. His coming was promised. We've often talked about that. Luke 24, 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And uh, Acts 1, 4, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost uh, not many days hence. And uh, then, of course, we all know Acts 1, 8, and um, after that the Holy Ghost is come Upon you. So there was a promise. Now, the word comforter uh, has the idea uh, of uh, one who strengthens, one who comes alongside of. Uh, it has the idea of alongside of and called, one who is called al- alongside of another person as that person's helper. Um, a missionary working among the Car- people of French Ecuador, Africa, uh, Equatorial Africa had tried hard to explain to the native uh, folks there the meaning of the word comforter. In order to find something fitting she had explained the ministry of the Holy Spirit as he encourages, exhorts, admonishes, protects, comforts and guides the Christian. Finally they exclaimed, oh if anyone would do all that for us we would say he's the one who falls down beside us. When porters carrying heavy loads on their heads go on long journeys, they may become sick and struggle to the end uh, uh, and struggle to the end of the line of carriers. Finally, they may collapse and be killed and eaten by wild animals during the night. If someone passing sees them prostrate there and stoops to pick them up and help them to safety, they speak of such a person as the one who falls down beside us. It is this expression which the missionary translator took as the translation of comforter, for this is the one who sustains, protects, and keeps the children of God on their journey, and uh, it's a uh, it's a it's a wonderful term. One who is called to come alongside of the Spirit of God is in us, and He is here to enable us to do what we cannot do. As we talked about this morning, we need mercy, don't we? Well, the mercy of God is shown in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. What an amazing reality. Uh, We're filled with weakness. We can do nothing of ourselves. We cannot bear fruit of ourselves, and yet we are a branch of the vine, and the Spirit of God joins us to union with Jesus Christ and enables us to bear fruit, and it gives us the wisdom we need and gives us the direction that we need and the power and comforts our hearts and clarifies in our minds, the situations that uh, that we face, and so uh, the Spirit of God makes uh, God, the Father and Son, very real to us, and He will enable us, just as He did with Christ. I get so encouraged when I study the life of Christ. Jesus Christ, of course, was without sin; He was perfect but he was a human being. We're going to talk about that again tonight as we have the Lord's Supper. He actually became one of us and is still one of us glorified in heaven after his resurrection. It's an amazing thing. Forever, he is the God-man. But here on this earth, to maintain genuine humanity, the Spirit of God came upon him to enable him to do what he he did. He had all power, of course, in his spirit. But we have a great picture of what can occur when the Spirit of God is in control. And uh, uh, an 1800s preacher named Chadwick had some, I've given this before, but this is very helpful. The self-same spirit that had been given to the Son would be given to them. In other words, that's what the Lord was teaching So the same spirit that they saw empower Jesus was now going to be given to them to empower them. Remember the Lord said, you will do not only the works that I do, but greater works will you do. That he would be to them all that he had been to Jesus. Chew on that for a little bit. That he would be to them all the son had been to them and more. Oh, how their hearts ache to think that he would go. But he said, it's going to be better for you that I go away because you're going to have the internal reality of the Godhead in you in the person of the Holy Spirit, and you are going to have greater fellowship with me, 1 John chapter 1, that you had than you had when I was here on this earth. That he would be in them as the Son had been with them. That they would gain in him more than they would lose in the departure of Christ. That's what he said that he would be the paraclete or other self of Christ and through his indwelling, the Christ would live in them. In other words, the, the Trinity is a unity and so when we have the Holy Spirit, we actually have the indwelling of Christ. That's why we talk about accepting Christ into our hearts. Well, that's not a wrong statement. Yes, it's the Holy Spirit that seals us the third person has that direct work in us, but he fully is united with the Son. And so we have that friendship internalized and real. That his mission was to glorify the Son by taking of the things of Christ and making them available to us. Lord, the, the, what the Lord has for us is, is, is the amazing life that we marvel in as we think of Christ. Christ. And we cannot diminish the work of Christ. But you see, we are Christians. There is a world to reach. We are indwelt by the Spirit of God. And we can do then greater works because He is now at the right hand of the Father and has full authority. And that authority is given to the Holy Spirit. Folks, we have got to wake up to what we have in the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, it's been corrupted with the emotionalism of the charismatic movement and a lot of wrong teaching. But I'm telling you, the teaching of the Lord Jesus on this matter is so important. And so his coming was fulfilled in Peter's uh, great message, Pentecost. He says in Acts 2.33, Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost." He hath shed forth or poured out this which ye now see and hear. It was obvious. Peter was different. Uh, The disciples were all different. All the 120, uh, they could see the reality of the Holy Spirit in their life. Aren't you glad he came? (laughs) Secondly, the position of the comforter. He is a divine person. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, Psalm 139, 7? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take up the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. He is the omnipresent God. Acts 1:4. And being assembled together with them, commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. This reality of God who is the divine person would be theirs. Now he was going to be, and I'm going to just quickly go through this, but it's important for us to remember this. He was going to be a comforter of the same kind, not something different than Jesus Christ. Uh, The Word used there when he says another comforter, John 14, 16, and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. It's one of the same kind. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. So he is exactly like Jesus. He said, you're not going to lose me. You are going to have a deeper relationship with me. So when I preached yesterday, or last week, that Jesus is our friend, folks, we have the realization of that friendship made possible because of the indwelling Spirit of God. And of course, the uh, scriptural teaching uh, is that all the, the divine attributes are attributed to the Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. What's the controlling attribute of God? The holiness of God. He is omniscient, Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.10, but God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. Luke 1.35, and the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee, Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee is called the Son of God, the power of the highest, when the Holy Ghost comes upon. He's omnipresent. Already read from Psalm 139, 7. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? And then the works that are clearly only works that are of God are attributed to the Holy Spirit. He's the creator. Job 26, 13, all of the Trinity was part of the creation by His Spirit He garnished the heavens. His hand hath formed the crooked servant. He imparts life. We know that, John 3, 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. He gives forth the Word of God. Second uh, Peter 1, 21. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is rank coordinate with God and the Father, And the Son, Uh, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the name of God is indirectly given to him. But Peter said in Acts 5:3, Ananias, why hast thou, hath Satan, uh, filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back? a part of the price of the land, whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart and hast not lied unto men, but unto God? And so therefore we must honor him. And he is part of the Trinity. I could go on and on, giving you a doctrinal lesson. But we need to remember, folks, he is God. You have God in you the person of God, the Godhead. And he is the one that makes Christ manifest and real to us. And so we have this inner potential for a deep knowledge of God and a friendship with him. And I'm going to just quickly go through this here, the purpose of the comforter. He authored the scripture. John 16, 13, just a chapter ahead there. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak, and he shall show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. He enabled the apostles to give us the inspired scripture. And I already mentioned uh, from Peter how the Spirit of God enabled. Uh, the writers, John fourteen twenty six. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. 1 Corinthians 2.10, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. You know, I've said often, isn't it wonderful to know the author of the book? He's in you. I've mentioned how it's always fun to talk to an author. They'll tell you what the book really means. And um, we can know what this book really means. That's why it's such a wonderful thing when there's a kindred spirit of people that know truth based upon how the spirits illumine the truth. And there's that, there's that unity of spirit that comes because we all agree, not because we've just been taught by the same person. We actually agree because we are being taught by the same personal God. And uh, that's always encouraging to me. He empowers the Scripture, one, uh, 1 John 5, 6, and it is the Spirit that beareth witness because the Spirit is truth. He illumines the truth, 1 Corinthians 2, 14, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. I love this oratory e. statement. Uh, speaks of the reality of how the Scripture becomes open when uh, the Spirit of God is working. What every Christian, I'm just going to read this quote here. What every Christian worker has observed uh, is this. He speaks of sitting down b- beside a person who has expressed a desire to know more about salvation through Christ and of trying to explain the gospel. The Bible is open. Texts that speak of Jesus as the atoning, risen, and returning Savior are shown, but the inquirer does not see it. The truths are those the person needs to see and believe in order to be saved, but he stares blankly. He sees nothing. The worker goes over it again, but there still is no understanding. A third time, suddenly, with face lighted up, the person exclaims, Oh, I see it. I see it. Jesus is God, and he died for me. I only have to believe it to be saved. Uh, and he does believe it. And he is saved. What's happened? Tory writes simply this, the Holy Spirit has borne his testimony and what was dark as midnight before is as clear as day now. This explains also why it is one who has been long in darkness concerning Jesus Christ so quickly comes to tr- see the truth when he surrenders his will to God and sees light from him. Brother Jeremy, you have seen that over and over. Darkness, to light. It's just an amazing thing. I've seen it yesterday on the airplane. My wife was sitting uh, next to a man who found out was an assistant coach, soccer coach at uh, Michigan State University. And uh, he openly started talking to her. She got into witnessing so I came into the conversation and you could tell he was being nice and then all of a sudden you could tell the Holy Spirit showed up and truth was becoming real. Very open. It was just uh, tremendous. He did not get saved there, but you could tell he was very open to being saved. He went from not even considering it to realizing that's what he needs. He says, you know, I've, I've met a couple of Christians, and they have a relationship with Christ. That's what you're talking about, right? And you could just tell, I'm sure maybe somebody's been praying for him. But folks, there's nothing greater than when the Spirit of God illumines the truth. Folks, when you go out witnessing, you're not alone. You have the truth. It's the power of God unto salvation. But when illumined by the Spirit of God, it's like the light turns on. Folks, it changes your life when you are talking to folks that need the gospel and you see the light come on. That's why we all need, obviously, to reach people because that's God's burden for us to, to do, but also just our own spiritual life is greatly helped as we see that occur. And he convicts with the truth, John 16, 8, and when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And so we need the Spirit of God to work. I'm telling you, that's why we need to pray uh, like a couple of weeks from now. Um, Boyce says, America will never experience a great revival until there is a deep and disturbing recognition and confession of both personal and national sin. It is the Holy Spirit's work that will bring such conviction. And I agree. And that comes through prayer. The program of the Comforter. And here's where I want to end today. He wants to create Christ in us. He wants us to be Christians. He wants us to live the very life of Christ. He wants us to have the mind of Christ. He wants us to have the very life that Christ lived. John 14, 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be filled with Christ one writer said the holy spirit came to glorify christ therefore if i am filled with the spirit i am abiding in christ and if i am controlled and empowered by christ he will be walking around in my body living his resurrection life in and through me folks people need jesus he's your friend He's meeting your needs, but when we are truly communing with him and we are depending upon him, he can then actually live his life through us. That's why the early church was so powerful. They were were continuing on the work of Jesus Christ, the real work, not just mimicking him, living him, because we have God in us. And it's just a wonderful thing to be around believers, and you realize Christ is evident in this believer right now. I have sat with older believers in years past and they started to talk and tears would come to my eyes because I'm not listening to them, I'm listening to the Savior. My heart's burned within me as a child as I was with some of the saints of the past and they would talk about Jesus and I I was just, you know I was playing a few minutes before and all of a sudden I'm riveted. Because there's something about Jesus that draws children to him. That touch of Jesus, that look of Jesus, that voice of Jesus, that concern of Jesus. It's an amazing thing, folks. There's a fragrance of Christianity that we're missing in America today. You cannot mix pop culture and Jesus. Because he is not pop culture. Now, he's up to date, (laughs) He's, a, he's the head of all things. But I'm telling you, there is something about the reality of Jesus. That's why, folks, in a, in a church like this, if we will live Jesus, that's when God can really work. He's our friend. He'll meet our needs. And the Holy Spirit is there to make that very real. And as we depend upon him and his life is precious to us, that's when then the power of Jesus can come through. So you don't even realize that that's happening. And so we've got to come to a place where we have realized we cannot live without Jesus. F.B. Meyer was mightily used of the Lord. We still appreciate his writings today. And he, and he says, I left the prayer meeting and crept out into the lane away from town. As I walked, I said, oh, my God, if there is a man who needs the power of the Holy Ghost to rest upon him, it is I but I don't know how to receive him. I am too tired, too worn, too nervously down to agonize. A voice said to me, as you took forgiveness uh, from the hand of the dying Christ, take the Holy Ghost who's in you from the hand of the living Christ. I turned and said, Lord, I breathe in this whiff of warm night air, so I breathe in to me the reality of the blessed Spirit of God. I felt no hand laid upon my head. There was no lambent flame. There was no rushing sound from heaven. But by faith, without emotion, without excitement, I took the reality of the indwelling Spirit of God and I have kept on taking ever since. And that's why we know of F.B. Meyer. And I could give you that. It's always dangerous to give experiences, but I could give you that kind of experience for every person that you know of and you love their writings, they have had a time when they realized, I have been neglecting the great gift of the Father who will make Christ real to me and I can walk in that personal relationship. This is not theory. This is not something that's emotional. This is a moment by moment, day by day life. It's abiding in Him, remaining in that relationship and I can live out through His power the wonderful Savior who died for me. And when we do that, he wants to empower Christ's mission through us. 2 Corinthians 6.1, what a sad comment here. We then as workers together with him, not a sad comment, but one that could be sad, beseech you that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. Aren't you thankful you have a friend? It was a blessing last week to talk about the fact that Jesus is, I call you a friend. But you realize that through his work and the promise of the Father, he made that friendship moment by moment possible. It's not an emotion you hold on to. It's not an experience you try to keep. It is a reality of a your spiritual person with the indwelling person of the Spirit and as you yield to him and know his voice through the word of God, you begin to understand that uh, his power, his encouragement, his lifting up, his coming alongside when you're down. You, you see the protection. You sense his hand. You, you love the Savior more, how you are thankful for the Father. And your life can go day by day with that reality, not moments of high spiritual time, but a real walk with him because how much of the time is the spirit in you 100 percent of the time 24 hours a day every second every minute every moment he the Holy Spirit of God is in you and I got burdened tonight to go back over important ground folks you've got to acknowledge him he is in you you've got to commune with him as 2 Corinthians 13 says he's got to become real because that's how you worship the Son and the Father through his indwelling spirit, and they are one. And he draws you to the very throne of Christ and the Father. And you have the privilege of speaking to the triune God. Folks, we are blessed. We're not left down here floundering. We're not alone. We are Christians. We have the Spirit of God. And I trust that you will just make that decision to truly let the Spirit make Christ your friend real to you.